0: 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3 And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise. Go seek the asses. This is the chapter of Lost Donkeys. Lost donkeys? Does God tell us about lost donkeys? Could God use lost donkeys? Yes. Here's a man who went out looking for lost donkeys and became a king. You probably drove along a road and seen sheep or cows come out of the field, they've been straying, the fence is broken. And they've come out of the field and you maybe have even had to stop and you've had to go and tell the farmer all about it so that he can gather them up again and get them safely into the field. This happens all the time. Fences breaking, sheep breaking out, beasts escaping from their enclosure or whatever. Is a strain animal important? Is a strained animal in God's plan? Yes, always. Even a strained beast is in the plan of God. Even a broken fence is in the plan of God. Of course, we don't always see the purpose of these things, these broken fences and these strained beasts and infinite number of other things that take place in life. We don't always recognise the purpose of God in all these things, but God has a purpose in everything. We call it providence. God is working in His providence. He's bringing everything to pass in His providence. You remember how the Lord Jesus said, "Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? They don't have much value, not worth very much, and one of them." shall not fall on the ground without your father. The very hairs of your head are numbered. There's not even a hair of your head falls to the ground outside the providence of God. It comes down to one hair. It comes down to one sparrow. Everything is in the plan of God. God is a God of meticulous. Detail. There's not one Adam moves without his will. It's all in his plan. It's all working together mysteriously in providence. And that's what this chapter is about. Providence. Now it's not an easy subject. Because it's infinitely immense and complicated providence, hard to fathom, easy to misread, difficult to interpret as we observe all these things around us taking place. A car accident, what is that about? An accident in the home? Or being late for an appointment? Why did that happen? What is the benefit of all of this? Where does all of this lead to? Now only God knows the answer to all of these questions. But there are answers. And it's all leading to God's perfect plan. We can be sure of that. So while we are ignorant of providence. And understanding providence. We are sure there is such a thing. What does the Shorter Catechism teach? How does God execute His decrees? You see, God has planned everything. God has His plan and purposes, and we call that His decrees. How does He execute those decrees? How does He bring those plans to pass? And the answer of the Shorter Catechism is God executeth His decrees. In the works. God works. To bring his purposes to pass. He's doing the work. He's doing all the action. He executeth his decrees. In the works. Of creation. And providence. Creation at the start. Where all the material of it was made. And put together. And then the providence. That uses that material to further his purposes. Providence. And then it goes on to ask, what are God's works of providence? And God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. Everything that they do, everything, everywhere that they go, should they go through a hole in the fence, he's governing all their actions. Should it be two asses or three asses or donkeys that get lost, he's governing even the actions of those donkeys. It's all in his plan, all in his sovereignty. As Paul said in Ephesians, we have obtained an inheritance in Christ, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things, everything, after the counsel of his own will. And this working all things after the counsel of his own will, as difficult and mysterious as it is, we call providence. And we have to study providence because we learn about God in providence and through providence. The best way to study providence is to study the Bible. Because there we see the works of God and Providence described for us. Any of the books, all of the Bible we can study. One of the best books, in actual fact, to study Providence is the book of Esther. The peculiarity of the book of Esther is that God's name does not occur in that book. But you have this history, and you know. It's in God's plan, and his hand is here, and his hand is there. His hand is everywhere in the book of Esther, but you never see his name used. But we're seeing his providence, his hand. We don't need always need to be told God's name. We can just watch his hand. And Esther is a wonderful book to, to do that, to see his providence. You don't see his face, sir, but you see his hand. And as I say, we can study almost any book in the Bible. But I think whenever we come to 1 Samuel chapter 9, in my mind, this is the thing that stands out. Providence. Beginning with the loss of donkeys. Now remember the context. Samuel sent the people all home. We don't know how long between chapter 8 and chapter 9. It might only be a matter of days. In fact, the donkeys may already be lost whenever Samuel sends them all home. We're not sure. But he says, go home. They're going to get a king. Well, how are they going to get a king? Is Samuel going to have to walk all about the land and make inquiry and search and knock doors to find a king? No. God's going to bring him man. Him. God's going to send him a man. Samuel doesn't have to do anything. He just has to trust God. He just has to believe the word. And God will send him a man. And in verse 15, that's what we see here. God comes to Samuel. He told Samuel the day before, in actual fact, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man. Saul's already out on the journey. The Lord comes to Samuel the, the day before Saul arrives at the place and says, Tomorrow, I'll send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin. What does it say there? The Lord had told Samuel in his ear. Did you notice that in his ear? Do you remember how we saw? On a Wednesday night. Chapter 8 verse 21. Samuel heard all the words of the people. And he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. Samuel had been in the ears of the Lord. And now the Lord's in the ear of Samuel. Because that's how God works. If you're in God's ears. He'll be in your ears. If you rehearse the matter. And bring the things before the Lord. The Lord will bring things before you. So the best way to hear God is to pray to God, to to spend time in his ear, and God will spend time in your ear. And this is what's happening to Samuel. He's been in the ear of God, and now God comes into his ear. And he says to Samuel, tomorrow, about this time, I'll send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin. That's the communication. Thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel. This is a man who's going to lead. This is a man I'm sending him. And we're studying how God does that. How does he send him? Does he appear to Saul? No. Does he come to Saul's door and knock on Saul's door and say, Saul, go to Samuel and hear his word. No, that's not what happens. Well, how's God going to send him? And it's providence. He's going to send them. Through lost donkeys. That's how God works. In this wonderful providence. He doesn't come knocking on our doors. He doesn't come to us in visions and revelations. And you know all these kind of things. That are not ordinary. No God works ordinarily. Providence. Charles totally in the dark about this. He doesn't know he's going to meet Samuel. He doesn't even know Samuel. He doesn't even seem to have heard about Samuel. He's ignorant. He's utterly in the dark. He just hears about lost donkeys and that's all he thinks he's about. But God is drawing him to Samuel. In the mysterious workings of providence. And here we have a marvelous chapter on this business. God bringing his will to pass. In a man who, who doesn't even know what's happening in his life. So let's, let's look at this providence then. As it is described and outlined in this chapter. I will send God says. And we, we don't read of God doing anything except getting donkeys lost. So Saul, Saul arrives and meets Samuel and it all looks accidental. It all looks like chance. It all looks like oh just that's just you know it's just happened at the end that they meet Samuel. No, it's not chance. I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in providence. God's providence. God working his plans out in our lives unknown to us. All things are working together for the divine will to be fulfilled. All things working together for his people, for the good of his people. And this providence is not only in Saul's life. What I'm saying is, it's in your life too. Every day. It's in our congregational life. It's in our national life. Everything's in God's control. Everything's under his direction. His purposes are ripening fast. Though we don't know them. So providence is daily, ongoing, perpetual, minute by minute. As we study the providence in this chapter, we can focus on any number of persons. We're focusing on Saul. God says, I'll send him. So it's him who's been brought along in the providence of God to Samuel. So we're particularly interested in Saul and the providence in his life. How does God do this? Now first of all, I want to start at the end. And not at the beginning. Though I have mentioned the beginning, the lost donkeys. But I want to start at the end. And we have the end in verse 27. The end is as they were going down to the end of the city. Samuel said to Saul, bid the servant pass on, and he passed on, but stand thou still away, that I may show thee the word of God. Saul didn't know that was going to happen. He goes out looking lost donkeys. He doesn't know that he's going to be standing, getting the word of God personally to Saul. He didn't expect that. That's what God did. This is an interesting verse in itself, verse 27. Before Samuel gives Saul the word of God, he wants his whole attention. You know, no preacher wants to give the word of God if you don't give your whole attention. It's not worth preaching. It's not worth giving the word of God if people aren't giving their attention. And so the preacher has to say, get your servant to pass on. I want your undivided attention. And every time you come under the word of God, congregation, that's what you have to do. You have to let things pass on. Those things are in your mind about the past. Those worries. That concern, that burden. Let it pass on. Just for the time to hear the word. Don't be focusing on that. Don't be distracted by that. Let it pass on. That thing that you're thinking about tomorrow that pleasure, that's, you know, it's still, you still have the sense of it in your mind, and your memory, and you're reflecting on it. Let it pass on. That which has caused you hardship and tears all week, and, and it's still there, the bitterness is still there. For this time, just let it pass on. Give your undivided attention to the word of God. So he wants a, a undivided attention. And providence has brought Saul to this. He didn't think he was going to listen to a sermon days ago. He wasn't even interested in sermons. He wasn't even interested in the word of God. He didn't even know the most famous preacher in Israel, Samuel. He didn't even know of him. He hadn't even heard tell of him. And now in the providence of God, here he's listening to the best preacher in Israel who has the very word of God. Providence brought him there. Do you remember the time providence brought you under the word? You do no interest. If anybody said to you, you, you'll be listening to preachers one day, in fact, you might even be a preacher one day, you would have laughed. It'd have be been impossible. The providence has done it. You're listening to the gospel, you're listening to preachers week by week. Because God's mysterious providence has worked in your life and brought you to the place where you're hearing the word of God, just like Saul. Now the providence has been different. Maybe the providence is I've been brought up in a Christian home. I get that every week. Well, that's still providence. Or maybe you've been unsaved and in the world for years and years and years. And there are all kinds of things that took place that one day made you to be sitting in the church. That's God's providence. We're looking at it in Saul's life. We have all different stories. But we all have this providence in our lives and we can thank God that today we can say to whatever's in our mind, pass on, I'm listening to the word of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing to be able to say, I'm listening to the word of God. Oh, God's providence has been good in your life. If you can say that. Stand thou still, while. And it's always, he's fidgety, he's been walking for months. He's been exercising about this and about that and the other. He no doubt wants to get back to his father again. Stand still away. You know, brethren and sisters, you have to stand still away. Life can get so busy, things can become so active. You don't get time to hear God's word, you don't spend time listening to the Lord, you don't spend time. Before the word. You don't spend time in the devotional life. You have to stand still a while. And God's providence will direct that. If you're wise. And if you desire. So stand still a while And listen to the word of God. And, and here. Here's where, where Saul ends. Stand thou still a while, That I may show thee. The word of God. Do you see that word true? It's not all about hearing. You see, the Word of God is so special. It's full of imagery, full of metaphor. The Bible's not a boring book. The Bible is a book that you actually see. And a preacher every week should be the kind of a preacher who shows you the Word of God. So it's not just about hearing it. Preachers should preach in such a way as to be metaphorical and let the picture live and let the image come into the mind so that you see the word of God. And that's the difference between an exciting sermon. And a boring sermon. A boring sermon you just hear the word of God. But an exciting sermon. You're shown it. You see something. There's an image. There's something substantial. Being put in your mind. And Samuel says. I'm going to show you the word of God. Oh, he must have been a mighty preacher. And you pray that your preachers will be able to show you the word of God. So let's of this providence in Saul's life. So consider all the links in the chain and everything working together. Begins with lost donkeys, as was said. Providentially lost. Providentially the fence was broke. Providentially the wandered off. Providentially they wandered off in such a way that Saul couldn't even find them. They didn't wander off down the road and he could easily find them and then come back again. Or maybe a day or two down the road and eventually he'd come upon them. They were lost, so lost, that providentially he couldn't even find them. He went out to find them and he couldn't find them. And he didn't find them in the providence of God. Now if he had to find them and come back home again, There'd be no Samuel, no hearing the word of God. But the providence was not only that the donkeys were lost, the providence was that he couldn't find them. Surely God would want me to find the donkeys. Surely that's his will, that I could find the donkeys. Lord, help me to find the donkeys. I need to find the donkeys. And so we'll pray that we'll find the donkeys, but God says, no, you're not finding the donkeys. I want you to look for the donkeys, but I'm going to bring you to something else. Something different. And life is like that, brethren and sisters. We want God to say, yes, give me this, give me this. Surely it's your will that I have this. No. There's some other providence down there. And God is bringing you to that. Not to the donkeys. Not to the answer to your prayer. Not to what you want. But to what I'm bringing you to. This happens every day. These disappointments. He must have been awful disappointed, Saul. Days and days of this, he was so tired, he wanted to go back. But our disappointments are God's appointments. Providence. And whenever he sends Saul, providentially, he says, take a servant. Take a servant. And he has plenty of servants, but he takes a particular kind of servant, who's very shrewd, very wise, And who's going to be part of the providence of God. A servant who's not afraid to give advice. Contrary to Saul's mind. Not the kind of servant. Oh yes we'll do that. We'll do this. We'll do what you say. So we'll go back. That's not the kind of servant that he chose. Though that's the kind of servant we might like to choose. But he got a servant. Who's not afraid to give contrary advice. Useful advice. And providentially. Who knows Samuel. Nobody in Saul's house seems to know Samuel. You know what it is, upstairs, downstairs, all these people in the grand house, the grand family, they don't know Samuel, but the servant does. Maybe he gets out to the meetings. Maybe he's heard the preaching from time to time, as Samuel has been doing his circuit. Saul's ignorant, but the servant seems to know something. Providentially, that's the servant he takes. It's all working together you see. And then there's this long journey. They travel to different regions and they go for miles and miles and miles in actual fact. It says there are verses 4 through Mount Ephraim, uh, the land of Shalem, the land of Benjamites, but they didn't find them. And when they come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant that was with him, come let us go back, let's return lest my father leave curing for the asses and take thought for us. This is the first time Saul speaks. You know, when a person speaks for the first time in the Bible, that's a very important time. You really want to notice what he's saying. What he says there may well characterize his whole life. Let's go back. Let's return. He's not decisive. He's not prepared to continue on. He's not prepared to to go forward. He he wants to go back. He wants the easy way. He wants to come, let us return. That's just Saul. And so we're getting insight here to his his life in that opening phrase. But the servant, bless God and the providence of God, he says, no, we don't have to. There is a man of God in this city. We don't know what city it is. We don't even know how he knew that Samuel was going to be in this city. This servant is really keyed up. He's in this city. There's a man of God. He's a prophet. He can tell us things. He can give us the word of God. He can tell you where your donkeys are, Saul. And this gets Saul thinking. And it changes his direction through a servant. Even a servant can change your direction. Who's the master, Saul or the servant? Well, Saul's the master. But here's the servant being used by God in his providence. Don't despise anybody that God uses. God can use the most humble person to change your life. So don't despise anybody. Don't despise the meanest person, the tramp in the street, the down and out. That could be the very person that God is using in your life. So don't you despise anything because God is using it in his providence. Even what you might think is despicable people. Low people, humble people. So don't be proud. And so he, he doesn't return. And this providence... Is in the life of them both here and well Saul so he comes up with another idea well you know we can't go empty handed to this man you know he's going to do a service that's his job he's a seer he tells us things but you have to pay him for his work and labour and what he does and we don't have anything oh we'll have to go back then the servant says "I have silver imagine the servant having silver and Saul doesn't Saul's left his wallet at home but the servant, who is probably practically penniless and has very little, and he doesn't like to give away his silver too easily, but he's willing to. He's kind. This is God's providence. And so he puts his hand into his pocket I've got the silver. We can go. We can meet the man of God. Okay, good. Go on, they go. And you can follow the story. They meet the women, the maidens, they come into the city the maidens, they're very chatty they're very talkative, but there they are they're in the providence of God and one of the reasons why these maidens are so chatty is because Saul's good looking he's handsome so they talk and talk and talk and talk but Samuel is there he's in the city, he's here yes, and you know he just arrived the day before, providentially that's providence, no accident this is all coming together in the providence of God and the plan of God and so these maidens give generous, helpful, considerate advice and guidance, just like the servant does. And providentially, Saul, he sees everything just guiding him into the city. And he actually meets Samuel. And there you have it in verse 14. They went up into the city, and when they were coming into the city, behold, Samuel came out against them for to go up to the high place. Samuel actually comes out and meets them. Now Samuel's not in the dark because he had the word of God. And the Lord says, I'll send you a man tomorrow. And he'll come about this time. And then whenever he saw the man, the Lord said to him, Samuel, this is him. Behold the man, verse 17, whom I spake to thee of, this same shall reign over my people. And then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. So he's actually met him. God has actually met him to meet Samuel. He didn't even know Samuel. He didn't recognize Samuel. Where is the prophet? Where is the seer? I'm the seer. And then Samuel fed him. Because it was a long journey. He needs his rest. He needs his refreshment. He needs his sleep. He needs a night to be rested and refreshed for the word of God. Providence can be very busy. It can be very exhausting. It can be very tiring. But before you hear the word of God, it's best to have a good rest. Even Providence will let you have a good rest. Providence will let you have a good feed. Providence will let you have a good refreshment to hear His word. So all of these links together, and Saul is now in the right place to hear the word of God. He's put his mind about the donkeys. Don't worry about them, young man. They've been found. You just give your attention. To the word. Of God. And so you see here. And I've just really skimmed the surface here. But I trust it's given you an idea. Of. This remarkable meeting. With the man of God. And hearing the word of God. The good providence of God. That brought him to that place and those of us who are Christians have all experienced that we can all tell this story and I'm tempted to tell the story in my own life but I'm not going to do that your story is the same as mine not not in all the details but it has the same end I've been brought to hear the Bible and to believe it and to love it and the different circuit routes in the providence of God all came together to bring me here. Isn't it marvelous? Don't you love God's providence? Hasn't it been good in your life? Are you disappointed? Surely not. Surely you must magnify God that you hear the word and you love the word. His marvelous providence In your life. So praise him for his marvelous works. To us the sons of men. So you see how things can suddenly change in your life. You know you you can't assume that tomorrow will just be like today. Oh I know what tomorrow will be like. I have it all set out in my mind. I know where I'm going. I know what's going to happen. Never say that. Never say that because providence can just turn it upside down in a day a man doesn't know what a day brings forth not a man God knows in fact he brings it forth he turns it upside down it's God that does that it's providence but a man doesn't know what a day may bring forth and there's people's lives have been changed in a day in a minute in a minute it's been turned upside down That's providence. So don't presume in anything, brothers and sisters. Don't assume. Just live every day praying to the Lord, trusting Him, committing your way to Him and asking that His good providence will guide you through life in a gracious way. Let's think like that. If the Lord will, if it's His providence, you know, Joseph, he's in jail, the next minute he's a prime minister. He didn't expect that. And here Saul, so, looking donkeys, the next thing he's a king. I have to be careful. Things can change. That's taken board the lessons here. And let's close then with this, with this point. Who raises up hearers? Who raises up preachers? How do you get a preacher? They're sent. How will the preachers accept their sent? How does God send them? In His providence, He sends you a preacher in His providence, and so see Him a hearers. How do you get hearers? They're sent. The one who sends the preacher is the one who sends the hearers. They're sent. Simon didn't have to go bang his head about getting this man in his presence. God says, I'll send him to you. You know the ministry of Christ? That's what the ministry of Christ was. Everybody crossed his path. The Father's just sending him here, there, and yonder. He's just going through life faithfully, obedient, being a good person, the good saviour that he is, and the Father's sending this the Father's sending that, all crossing his path. They're sent to him. They're sent to him. In the providence. We need God's mighty providence. Working. Bringing all His purpose to pass. And you've all come as hearers. We would like to see more. This place can hold a lot more. And we would like to see more. But we're thankful for what God has sent. I'm glad he sent you. I see that he sent you. And I'm content and I'm happy. And I trust you see he sent me to you. This wonderful province. And this wonderful congregation. Bless the Lord. Let's, let's rejoice in him. And let's hear his word gladly. And let's let everything pass on every Lord's day. And stand still away. And listen to the preacher. If he stood still away. And passed things on. So that he could prepare the message. Surely you can stand still a while and let things pass on just for the half an hour to listen to it. So let's, let's do this then. Every meeting that we have. Let, let's pray.